Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Hello from hurricane, post-hurricane New York. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We are on an iPhone connection today, not the usual headset, but we have a great show for you. And as they say in show business, the show must go on, and indeed it will. So let's launch into our topic today. CIO, three magic letters are our topic letters, our word for today. What's in a name? Plenty for today's CIO. Why, you ask? The role is changing so much and so often, it's hard to know what the I in CIO means at any given time. Here's what my experts have to say. Steve Romero from Romero Consulting says, calls for the quote-unquote new CIO are not new at all. CIO Magazine's State of the CIO 2007 survey resulted in the identification of four distinct CIO archetypes. One is the business leader, two is an innovation agent, Three, operational expert, four, turnaround artist. And in 2011, the same magazine did a four personas of the next generation CIO, and guess what those were? Chief infrastructure officer, chief integration officer, chief intelligence officer, and chief innovation officer. So, hey, we're going to be talking to Steve in a minute and find out if he agrees with everything that CIO magazine said. We're also going to be talking to Nigel Fennick from Forrester, and his quote today is, Marketing is the biggest opportunity for IT since the Internet. Nigel has a lot to say, and he will explain that to us. And Martin Heisig from SAP is joining us, and he says, grabbing a little bit of line from Star Trek, to go boldly where no one has gone before. This is what today's IT leaders have to do. Consumerization of IT is the new innovation driver. There's that I word. I have to make my end users a core part of my IT design processes. I have to know what consumers want next because they will want it soon in the enterprise. So I say while my listeners join us for the changing role of the CIO, the eyes have it, and you know what that means. I am Bonnie D. Graham calling in from iPhone on New York, and I have a quick message for my Game Changer listeners. You know you have to do it, but is the mere thought of harnessing your business's big data causing you pain? Well, I have a solution. Go to our page on the Business Channel and click the banner on the show page for a complimentary ebook that will tell you how to start eliminating the pain. We want you to have a good ride with your big data in your business. Click the link and you'll find a bunch of other goodies as well. If you want to see SAP Radio, go to YouTube and look for, hmm, look for, is your call center missing the obvious? We made a video out of the radio show. Really fun. And now I'd like to tell you about my special guest today. Steve Romero, no stranger to SAP Radio, is the founder of Romero Consulting and a principal member of BOT International. He's a published and globally recognized IT governance evangelist and IT business value activist. Big title on a small business card. How are you today, Steve Romero? I'm doing really well, Bonnie, and I'm wishing everybody on the East Coast well today as well. Thank you very much. We appreciate the good wishes. I'm one of the lucky ones who has most of my power but very little connection here, so we're just trucking on. And I want to welcome first-time guest on SAP Radio, Nigel Sinek. He's a vice president and principal analyst at Forrester. He focuses on the role of the CIO as a business leader influencing business strategy and performance. His research focuses on IT to BT transformation, social technology strategy, 
tech trends and their impact on competitive advantage. A lot of work you're doing there. Hi, Nigel. How are you today? Hello, Bonnie. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for joining me. And last but not least, Martin Heisig from SAP is an SAP Vice President and Chief Architect. I'll be asking him later what that encompasses. He is the Head of Enterprise Architecture Office at SAP and reports directly to SAP CIO, and that's why Martin is here. Welcome, Martin. First time on SAP Radio. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you, Bonnie. So glad to be here. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, let's deep dive back into the monologue. And let's talk to Steve Romero first. Calls for the new CIO are not new at all. And you cite some surveys in CIO Magazine, the state of the CIO 07 and the 2011 four personas. They're throwing a lot of titles around here, Steve. I don't know. Operational expert, turnaround artist, sounds to me like Houdini. Is that, and there's no, no I in Houdini except at the end. So who is the CIO? How not new is this call for the new CIO, Steve Romero? Again, you know, and I, and I, when I refer to those, uh, those two articles that, that go back almost six years now for the first one, and, and, and they're not new. Um, and it's not to dismiss those calls right now, but, uh, but characterizing them as new, I think, is, causes a bit of a problem because it, it implies that there's some, been some kind of paradigm shift or some, or some disruption that, that, that means that all of a sudden CIOs have to wear a different hat. And I've argued for years that that these disruptions are relentless, that changes are constant, and that it's CIOs closely connected with the business and the business providing the right oversight of IT that ensures the CIO is wearing the right hat de jour, if you will, um, and, and it's not anything new at all. Okay, so may I quote one of my favorite French phrases, Steve? Plus I change, plus la même shows. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Is that where we are? I very, I would, I would very much argue that. Okay, all right, we'll argue it later. And let's talk to Nigel Fennick from Forrester. Marketing is the biggest opportunity for IT since the internet. Marketing and IT. Talk to me, Nigel. What do you mean? Well, let me say first of all, I, I kind of agree with, with where Steve's coming from on this, and we'll get into that into the debate. But, but there are some, some significant changes that are, that are going on right now that are really important for CIOs to pay attention to. And, and I'll characterize those, two, those changes in two ways. One is that there is definitely a, a, a huge amount of consumer-fueled technology sort of revolution happening, right? We, we're aware of it, mobile, social, always connected. Consumers are much more in charge of brands, that they, they, and, and companies are much more aware of the importance of customer experience. So those dynamics are at play, and they're, they're shifting the focus of, of many CIOs. So I agree with Steve that the, the role of a good CIO has not changed over, over the last 25 years. Uh, but what's changing is the environment the CIOs operate in. So that's one of the factors. The other factor is CEOs are evolving themselves, right? So they're getting a better understanding of technology. They understand that, that uh, technology fuels effective business strategy. And so that, that, that factors changing what they expect from CIOs. So when I talk about marketing being the biggest opportunity for, for CIOs, it's largely because marketing has been a part of the business that, I, that, that IT generally has, has stayed away from. And we did some research around the role of effective CIO, CMO partnerships, and it was astonishing to see just how many CIOs did not embrace marketing. And same true of CMOs. They didn't embrace IT and, and almost like you could imagine two bulls butting heads, right? So 
Mm-hmm. And what we found was there's, there's actually there's a lot of dynamics have to change to make that work. But the, the, the fact is that this opportunity is very similar to the opportunity that IT faced when the Internet came along and was brought into the business by marketing. And many people in IT walked away from that and said, you know what, it has no place in business. Uh, and I'm encouraging CIOs to, to think differently this time around and, and say, how do we embrace this and become part of the change agent for business? Very interesting. So I think we just captured another title. We had Turnaround Expert Innovation Agent in Steve's mention of the CIO Magazine surveys in your same change agent. Very interesting. Okay, so I, I hear a lot of power coming to the title of CIO. Martin Heisig from SAP, you say to go boldly where no one has gone before. I love that. This is what today's IT leaders have to do. And then you cite the new innovation driver is the consumerization of IT, making the end users a core part of your IT design process. Tell me a little bit about that, Martin. What, do you agree with Steve? Do you agree with Nigel? What's your POV on this? Yeah, actually, I, I agree to both of them, by the way. So let me, let me explain a little bit how I see the world. And uh, if you look at CIOs today, most of the CIOs are really kind of operational kind of CIOs, kind of order takers, right? They run their shop, they run IT services, and they're doing a great job in doing that. Nevertheless, I think in, in today's world, this is not enough. Therefore, what we see is also there are many CIOs out there. They help to transform their business. They are kind of a transformational CIO and, and really try to enable businesses. But still, this is, at least from my point of view, not enough. If you want to be a strategic, relevant CIO, and, and if you want to really change something in your company, you want to be relevant in the future, you have to become a strategic CIO. And this being said, you have to go where no one else went before. So you have to deal with innovation. You have to educate your business to, to adopt new technologies, new innovations. You need to even help them to overcome their business strategy and even uh, enables them to think about, to rethink their business models and transform their business in order to really become, um, really, uh, that, that, that you enable transformational change here. And I think this is really something, um, what I believe the, the CIO needs to change here. Okay. Now I'm going to ask all three of my guests, because we have about two minutes before the break. I'm really tight on the clock today because I don't have any web connection. So question is, is CIO the right set of letters for this person we're talking about? What would the I stand for? Let's just summarize that really fast before we go to the break and go into the coffee break part in our roundtable. So Steve Romero, is the I the appropriate middle letter for this member of the C-suite opinion? You know what? Uh, yes. Absolutely yes. And I don't want to change the name. And I think that the that the, the continual calls for coming up with a new name represent more dissatisfaction with with business view of that position than it does that we haven't clearly articulated what they should be doing. Um, so I, I don't want to change the name. I'm not a fan of the name. I'm a fan of dissecting what that really means, but changing the name isn't going to change the, prob- the fundamental problems that are causing the dissatisfaction in the first place. So we don't need to change the monogram on the towels in the executive restroom. Is that correct? I sure hope not. <laughs> Nigel, if we can even find you. that in the executive restroom, and that's another topic to talk about. <laughs> Nigel, what do you think? Should we stick with CIO? Should we change the letters? What would your point of view be, Nigel? Uh, well, I agree with Steve. It's actually about the role and, and less about the letters. But you know what? Changing a name can make a difference because if you're trying to say mm-hmm. this role is different from what we had before, then changing a name can, can point out that difference. And so, you know, we talk... Sometimes we talk, uh, and my CEO often talks about moving from a a CIO to a CBTO, Chief Business Technology Officer, and we appointed our Uh first CBTO uh, this year. 
and, and, and it's not so much that, that, that we're saying uh, that there's a need for a change of name. It's more about changing perspective, that we expect something different from this role by changing the name. When I, when I became a CIO, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I got the luxury of being able to pick my title, and I didn't pick the traditional title that was going on in the industry at the time. I picked a different one because I wanted it to be seen as a business role, not an, an as IT role. Very interesting. And Martin, I can give you 30 seconds before I know the music is going to start to play. So stay with CIO or put a different letter in there. What do you think, uh, Martin Heisig? Yeah, I would say let's stay with the IO, but maybe change the mindset here and become an innovation, uh, chief innovation officer instead of being a chief um, information technology officer. Very interesting. I have a lot more to discuss on this topic, the changing role of the CIO, the eyes, have it, the eyes and the CIO in the letter I in the middle of this C-suite title, venerable as it is, should it change. I'm going to talk to my guests after the break and ask them, what's the DNA of this CIO, this agent of transformation? When we come back, we're going to find out what my guests are drinking today, what's in their cup. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP here on the Business Channel. Brad, I'm going to do this verbally. Take us out. Let's go to break. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that app. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. 
And here we are. Okay, so it's time for our coffee break break. We're going to talk to my three guests and find out what they're drinking today. I'm on pure water here in New York, and thank goodness I still have some after the hurricane. So let's start with Steve Romero. What's in your cup today, Steve? Oh, my wife's uh, French pressed coffee. I think it's a Guatemalan blend, and it's delicious. Wonderful. I assume there's a lot of caffeine in that? Oh, tons. (laughs) Tons. Okay, good to know. And let's go to Nigel Fennick. What are you drinking today, Nigel? Well, I'm drinking Lavazza Clima y Gusto, uh, which I, I have to confess that my wife and I went to Barcelona a couple of years ago, and we sat drinking cappuccinos uh, and um, espresso on the beach and fell in love with fresh brewed espresso. So we, we ended up buying ourselves an espresso machine and, and uh, indulge ourselves every day in, in uh, fresh ground um, espresso. It sounds delightful. It sounds very rich and very uh, extravagant. Martin Heisig, what are you drinking today, Martin? I'm uh, having a cappuccino in front of me. So I'm, I'm also a, cafe, a coffee chef fan, and I like Italian coffee, espresso, cappuccino, latte macchiato. So I'm really a coffee fan. Wonderful. As I like to say on the show, and Steve knows they don't let me near caffeine on the days of the show, whether it's post-hurricane or not. So I'm going to start with Steve because we started with you before. Steve, you're saying here, let's go, let's go back to our original statement here. Uh, and you told me analysts, pundits, and IT experts were advising CIOs to change or more popularly transform. And the reason is they're warning if CIOs don't change, they will soon go the way of the dinosaur extinction. Let, let's dive a little bit more into that. Who will be the person, Steve, the DNA of the person who will help to make this transformation happen? And then I'll be asking Nigel and Martin to step in on this as well. So, Steve, take this off for me. Right. And, you know, and it's this the idea that they need to transform, again, it, it's, I, I'm, I have a problem with that because it, it, it's, it's a shift that ignores the problems that have created the dissatisfaction in the first place. But all of that said... I mean, our guests have brought up great points, that there are things existing in the environment today that demand that a CIO and that IT operate differently, function differently. So there's no arguing that. If I can't get the business to understand that they are a huge culprit in the dissatisfaction that exists right now between the business and IT and the fact that there's an us-and-them relationship at all, then yes, it's going to be up to the CIO once again to try to unilaterally create that shift. And if, if, it's, if it's changing the name to get the, the, the business to view you differently, okay, I hope it's that easy. I have a feeling it won't be. I have a feeling it's going to take a, a, a person with a very strong personality one that accepts that they are going to have to do things without the business necessarily understanding their role. They're going to have to to understand that business well enough and understand the culture of that business well enough such that they can wedge their way into that leadership position where they're actually influencing business strategy and participating at at the highest level in the uh, the organization without necessarily having that invitation, as many CIOs don't, don't, more than half of them don't even sit at the table. So it's going to take a strong personality, someone that really understands the business, to get a seat at that table, and hopefully once they do, get the business to start assuming the role that that they've long neglected in, in participating in those technology decisions that they, that they delegated and abdicated to, to IT long ago. Thank you, Steve. All good points. And I want to ask Nigel or Martin, whoever wants to jump into this, my question is uh, the things that are being cited, the forces of change and transformation 
that the CIO needs to pay attention to and embrace and embody and understand are the consumerization of IT, we brought that up before, mobile data, and cloud computing. These, I think, are the big three sources out there that are causing this tailspin or this whirlwind. So, Nigel and Martin, who wants to take this and, and run with it? I, you know, I, I, this, Nigel, I, I, would, I would argue that it's actually not the, the technology that's, that's causing the change or the things that need to pay, pay attention to. What, what CIOs need to pay attention to is actually what's driving business outcomes. And, and the technologies may be enablers of that, but they, the, not just the CIOs, but everybody in IT has to get a much better understanding of what it is that drives, drives the business towards its goal or the, or the organization towards its goal if it's, a, if it's a government or nonprofit organization. It's not about what's the technology we need to put in place. It's about what are the, what are the business capabilities and, more importantly, what are the strategic capabilities that this organization needs to execute really well on to differentiate in the market? And how do we use technology to enhance and enable those capabilities? That's the thing that, that, that requires the leadership of the CIO. And, and, and there's, a, there's, there's just so many things that have to be changed in IT to get there. It's not as simple as changing the name, right? It, it, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that have to be done. Um, but, but fundamentally, if you're not focused on business outcomes, you've got the wrong point of view. Mm-hmm. Okay, so business, I'm almost thinking a chief business officer, but I know we agreed not to change the monogram, so we won't go there. Martin, what do you think about this discussion? Do you, do you think it's the forces coming in from the outside? Is it the mindset from the inside out? Uh, how much is business going to play? And, and uh, is this person still talking about information? Is that still the core of what the I means of CIO, Martin? Yeah, I think that it would still be the case, and I would agree to what Nigel said. I think the CIO has to get much, much closer to the business. Again, he will talk about information, he will talk about technology, but he needs to understand what is really relevant for the business because as a variant, it's really that we enable the business in order to to, uh, to drive transformation and new fear and, and open new, new market share or new market um, opportunities here. So, and I think, therefore, I think, you mentioned the trends and the big mega trends in IT. I think maybe this is one thing, but there will be new, new coming up moving forward. And therefore, I think the CIO needs to be uh, very open and listen to trends, being able to translate this uh, with, with the business together and identify you know, what other opportunities in order to, to, uh, to enable this. Okay. Now, let's talk about something that is in Nigel's notes to me about a process of CIO natural selection. We're talking about it, around it. I want to know if somebody were planning a business career, they're in school, maybe they're taking an MBA, and they're saying, I want to be a CIO when I grow up. What qualifications, what kind of mindset, what kind of energy, what kind of preparation and jobs along the way would this person have to have in their resume, in their CV, if you will, as they climb the ladder in a big or medium-sized company so that they can say, I'm a perfect fit, I'm the one you should naturally select as your CIO. Who wants to take that? Uh, I'll jump in right off the top and, and say I think you, you nailed it when you said somebody studying an MBA. Right? They, they have to have business expertise or, or experience. So they've either got an MBA in their background or they've, they've actually worked as part, in part of the business where they're responsible for a P&L. They've got an understanding of how business works. You know, what drives, what levers do you need to pull in order to drive money to the bottom line? And, and what's important to shareholders? You have to have that intuitive sense of, of what, what's going to drive success for the business and be able to and work across the business. So it's really, fundamentally, I think it's much more about business expertise than it is about 
technology expertise. To me, that's the, that's the big shift. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, in, in a way, I'm agreeing with Steve. This has always been the role of an effective CIO. I just think that, the, that what I call the natural selection is that the, the, the CIOs that have grown up through technology are going to be finding it harder and harder to compete for those roles, or, the, or the, at least the IT folks who grow up with an experience of technology will find it hard to compete for the CIO role without the business expertise. Yeah, but this, I, I yeah, agree with, with Nigel that the business acumen is mm-hmm. absolutely an imperative. Um, and yeah. they're making it sound like kind of a new thing. Um, but, yes, without, without an understanding of the business, without an understanding of, of financial um, operations, without understanding of sales and marketing, you know, how much innovation can a CIO truly deliver to that enterprise? What's interesting, even though I think that it's unanimous out there that CIOs need that business acumen in an MBA, mm-hmm. I, again, I very much agree that would be a great thing in the repertoire. Every CIO opening I see, they want that business that, excuse me, they want that computer science degree. They want that computer I agree. science I agree. background. It's a complete so, mm-hmm. All the while that we're calling for this business acumen, there's still that technical background and that technical understanding that is still, that is still embraced, that is still a requirement um, as we understand the business. Well, th- this is why, Steve, I hold CEOs accountable, right? So I, I posted a blog a while back about is a CEO accountable for IT. Right. You, you know, you have to look at, well, who's hiring the CIO? It's either, uh-huh. it's either the CFO or the CEO, typically, and, and, and you have to say, well, if that's the criteria they're putting on the job, do they really understand what's important to make that job successful? I agree. Very, very good yep. point. I want to get into a little bit of the personality, and I want to, want to bring Martin Heisigan on this. Martin, you say that CIOs are now identified and respected as, here we go, guys, listen carefully, fast-moving, willing to take on the risk and have the global footprint for looking at IT systems and infrastructure. Okay, so Martin, is this fast-moving willing to take risk part of the DNA of the CIO we're talking about today? Do they exist? Can you can you give us any names? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I see all the time when I talk to customers, I see a lot of CIOs who really are able to take the risk and are willing to take the risk and uh, move into new uh, technologies, new topics, uh, even knowing that maybe there is a risk to fail. But nevertheless, I think most of the time these people are really succeeding and they, they take their business uh, into the next uh, level. So they, they're really successful in what they're doing. And I, I believe if you don't do this, you will be maybe um, – you have a problem sooner or later because um, the business is really – they, they need that. And I want to repeat what my, my colleague said. I think uh, understanding the business holistically, and I believe that the CIO is maybe the, the person who has a, a biggest overview of the different uh, business functions um, in, in the company, and, and he needs to understand how everything fits together and have a cross-holistic view of everything that's going on in the company. I'm hearing a Superman quality. Who's this, uh, Steve? This, Nigel, I, I was going to say, Hi, you know, uh, thinking about CIOs that, that characterize this sort of shift, if you want to call it a shift, some might say it's the same, right? So, but you take someone like Dell's Andy Carabetta. Uh, she, she's really transforming what they're doing in Dell, uh, taking a large IT organization that's been focused on development and shifting it into mm-hmm. business enabling uh, mm-hmm. capabilities. And, and, and that kind of, uh, I think that, that takes a lot of guts for a CIO to come in and, and, and make that shift um, and, and, and a, in a big IT organization and even you know, move a lot of jobs out of IT into part, business partners and have the staff in IT focus very much on enabling business capabilities. 
Great point, Nigel. We're at our break. I know I got a little little birdie whispering in my ear here. When we come back, we're going to continue to explore the changing role of the CIO. The eyes have it. And I have a talking point here. Let's see who sent this to me from C. Romero. And he says, and this is very important for the, the next phase of our roundtable, even when you do find CIOs who possess the abilities of each of the CIO archetypes or personas we talked about from CIO magazine surveys, chances are, now listen carefully, chances are they are inhibited from fully utilizing those talents anyway. Most CIOs don't even sit at the enterprise leadership table. I'll leave you with that food for thought. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP here on the Business Channel. We have a lot more coming to you with my three wonderful guests. Don't even think of touching that app. Brad, over and out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com do you want to know what's really going on these days well capital thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy politics law and business what happens in washington on wall street and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day we're taking you on a behind the scenes tour of all of it each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And the show must go on indeed. When we left off, I was posing a question to my three esteemed panelists we have with us today, Steve Romero and Nigel Spinnick. I learned to pronounce that right. And Martin Heising and Martin's calling in all the way from Waldorf, Germany. Appreciate that, Martin. And my question is, we're talking about the DNA of today's CIO, their business acumen, their MBA, their business training, their understanding that the role needs to transform. The question is, 
once they are transformed, how do they impact the organization where they sit? So let me repeat the quote from Steve, and let's jump in. Steve says, even when you do find CIOs who possess the abilities of each CIO archetype or, per- archetype or, uh, archetype or persona, slow down, Bonnie, chances are they are inhibited from fully utilizing those talents anyway. Anyway tells me pushback and frustration. Most CIOs don't even sit at the enterprise leadership table. Steve, are they at the kitty table? Where are they? See, it would, in 2008, I remember when the study came out that showed more than half of the CIOs, for the very first time, we had more than 50% that were actually part of that leadership team, sitting down and setting enterprise strategy and corporate strategy and business strategy, participating in the future of the business. And I remember that, how awesome that was. And then right after that, we had that global economic downturn. In a very short period of time, that number plummeted. And I think right now it's still barely over 40%. And that was because they took the CIO out of that room, off of that table, and plunked him under the CFO so they could do what? So they could start beating the bucks out of IT. And that's the problem. If if IT is viewed as a source of efficiency and effectiveness, solely as a source of efficiency and effectiveness, and as a cost to be controlled or as overhead to the organization. All these wonderful things we're talking about, how are they going to happen, which is why I talked about earlier how the CIO needs to have a very strong personality to force their, their way back into, the, into that room. And so I'm very interested in what Nigel and, and, and Martin have to say and what they've seen as the challenges a CIO has to even get into a position to display these attributes and these qualities that we've been talking about. Thank you, Steve. Nigel, why don't we turn to you from Forrester and tell me, what do you see? Where is the CIO sitting and how do we get him or her a chair at the enterprise leadership table? Well, there are definitely CIOs that do sit at the leadership table, and, and there are many that don't. And, and I think the research that's been done over the years has shown that, that effectiveness in the role doesn't necessarily equate to where you sit. Now, that can differ from your okay. personal point of view. And I have a my personal point of view is that it is essential the CIO sits at the leadership table, um, but that's partly because I sat there and, and, and I was given the choice. You know, I, I actually went through, I think it was three CEOs when I was a CIO, and, and this is why I have a perspective that it is as much about what the CEO thinks about IT than it is you know, mm-hmm. the role of the CIO. And I, I, got a, I eventually ended up with a CEO who saw IT as, as, you know, it's data processing. Let's keep it in the basement and keep the lights on and keep the cost down. And, uh, you know, I was faced with a choice of do I want to try and change this C- CEO's thinking or do I just want to go somewhere else and play in a different sandpit? And I chose to, you know, I, I've been there a number of years, and I said, okay, I'm going to play in a different sandpit. So, uh, you know, that's, a, that's the choice every CIO faces when they either apply for a role or they, or, or they get a new CEO. But I think that this, the, you have to understand that the experience the CEO has is based on other CIOs they've worked with in the past, what they brought. So if you're a CIO and you get a new CEO who sees IT differently, that can be an opportunity to step up to the table, or, or it may be you've got to re-educate the CEO. And it's certainly possible, and we, you know, there's a lot of research we've done that shows the things that you have to do to be able to get there. And we, we tracked about 48 different best practices that, that CIOs have put in place to be able to get there. So it's not just changing the name or thinking differently. There's a lot of things that have to be in place and work well, um, but it's possible, right? And it's all about demonstrating capability that you can be effective at delivering business outcomes. And, and when you can do that time and time again, you build the trust of the CEO. The CEO sees you as somebody who want, they want to have advising on where to go next, and they want to have you 
at the right hand on the table. And so you can earn that, that trust and that position at the table. Very interesting. It sounds like we're going back to taking risks and being fast-moving and proving what needs to be done. Uh, Martin Heisig, let's get you in on this conversation. What do you think about the table? Who should sit at the table? Is it the CIO? Is it Should they be somewhere else kind of uh, beckoning and holding up signs and cues to the people at the table on what they need to do next? Where would they sit in your perfect world of the CIO, Martin? I think the CIO is the right person to sit at the at the table. I think he is a very important um, uh, person. He is, uh, again, as I said before, is an enabler. But again, I think if you if you treat IT as a cost center and put it under the CFO and just you know looking at costs and, and try to streamline streamline your your costs, I think that's the wrong wrong thing here. Of course, all CIOs have to be very cost cautious. So we need to look at our costs. There's not a question about it. But on the other hand side, it's super important to look for new opportunities to to look into what's new, what's what's out there. I can tell you here for, for it was in SAP, for example, um, and maybe this is very specific for SAP's business. But nevertheless, we work very close together with development to look into new products, uh, new solutions, how we can develop them together because we have the right experience. We can we can really help them from a real customer point of view to improve products and, and improve quality here, and that's super important for SAP. I, and I can tell you, we are really um, having the right discussions in SAP uh, with the right people uh, to make things better, to come up with better products, with better quality, and I think this is actually the right thing to do. Okay. I want to go into some of your talking points here, Martin, and keep this going. Uh, we do have plenty of time here. You're talking about some of the things the CIO would do in your ideal world and perhaps right now, especially at SAP. Number one, spotting global IT trends. So there's still is a focus on IT. Acting as an mm-hmm. IT consultant. IT consultant for key accounts. So we're not getting away from the I and IT. And here's one that's interesting to me. Enables a higher rate of reverse innovation. I have to ask you about that by attending customer meetings and events more frequently. So we see the CIO in your world leaving that leadership table and going out and talking to people, going to events, visiting accounts, looking for trends. Does this person ever sleep, Martin? Really? Well, yes, no, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we also sleep. Don't worry. So we, but we also go to, and this is really changing. You look, especially if you look to SAP's uh, IT organization, we are pretty bold in, in talking to our customers. We are, we are at events. We even have our own booth there. We have a lot of uh, interaction with our customers, with real SAP customers. I think this is really beneficial because people want to learn from us. They want to see you know, what's new out there, what's the fancy stuff, how do we create benefit and value out of this, how can we transform the business. This is exactly what we can talk about. And as I said before, I think this is, this is super important, but this is maybe this is very specific to SAP, that's right, but I believe this is also in other companies the same. So if you look at your business, if you look uh, into ways how you can transform and change your, your business, there are definitely opportunities in order to do that. I, I don't think that's new, though, Martin. I don't, and Steve would probably yeah. chime in on that as well. But it, I agree with you that CIOs have to get out and, and meet customers. They get out, get out of the sharp end of the business. Uh, and I think that's true of actually everybody in IT, too. So, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. something that I think CIOs have a responsibility to push their, their staff out and meet customers, the, the end yeah. customer, not the, quote, internal customer, but the people who actually pay money to, to buy services and products. Uh, and that's, but that's always been uh, a driver of effective CIOs. Well, you look at all the effective CIOs over the years, and I guarantee you they'll have all been going out meeting customers. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Though. That's, so we can add that to the list of DNA of the CIO, past, present, and future. Steve, talk to me. One of your pet 
pet topic, Steve Romero, is a governance of IT. Now, what's the role of governance of IT for the CIO? Is that still at the top of the task list? Is that something that's moving down as they're supposed to be changing and paying more attention to the business and to the marketing aspects of the business? Where does governance rank on the to-do list of your CIO, Steve Romero? Yeah, and it's such an interesting question, and especially the way that you characterize it. You know, is it, is it less of a priority for the CIO? Mm-hmm. It's incredibly high priority for the CIO, and it's not because it's the CIO's role. IT governance is a function of the business. It is not a function of the CIO. But unfortunately, those first two letters are the worst thing about IT governance. We see IT and we think, oh, okay, IT governance. That means it's, it's IT's job. It's the CIO's job. And most governance, most IT governance that you see today, most of the mechanisms, the committees, the processes, the policies and standards are indeed born in IT. And it continues to perpetuate that misconception. But in fact, IT governance, that's business. it should have been called business governance of IT. The business mm-hmm. should be governing IT. And if the business was governing IT, if it was truly fulfilling that role, it would be ensuring that IT is aligned with the business. It would be ensuring that the CIO is aligned with the business. It's, it would ensure that IT is delivering value, that the CIO is delivering value, that IT is managing risk, resources, and performance. Again, it would be the business working with the CIO to ensure that all of those, those principles are met. Unfortunately, most businesses do not govern IT. They do not provide that oversight. They do not take accountability for those decisions. So the CIO is left to do it to his or her devices. So is IT governance still a priority? Yes, it is. CIOs should be building in those mechanisms, establishing the committees, the policies, and the standards, but all the while getting the business to understand that they have roles in each of those mechanisms and that they should be participating and taking account in, in those technology decisions and at the very least taking accountability for those technology decisions by providing the appropriate oversight. So, yes, it's a priority, but it's not an IT thing. It's a business thing. Thank you, Steve. I know that's one of your passions, and whether you're drinking caffeine or not, I know you're going to rise to the occasion on that one. Nigel and uh, Martin, we have one minute before break. Anybody want to jump in and talk about agree or disagree with Steve Romero on where the governance of IT really belongs? Uh, it's Nigel. Uh, Nigel, I'd, l- I'd, I'd love to push it a bit further, Steve. What I'd like to say is that, yes, it's business governance, but it's not IT and the business. It's not IT and, and business alignment. This is about business period, full stop, whichever side of the Atlantic you're on. It is, it, it is, it is all about driving business outcomes. And it's the, one of the things that we have to get over is thinking of IT as something separate from the business that we need to align. IT is part of the business. And we need to understand that the governance, it's business governance, just as you say, Steve, and it's not something you do separate from the business in, in IT. You need to have good governance across the business. And, and understanding how you're spending money in technology is as, as important as understanding how you're spending money on building factories or, or building new call centers. Thank you, Nigel. And you know what? You pushed us right up against the break. We're going to get ready for our final segment of the show. As my listeners know and as the Romero knows, that's called the crystal ball. I'm going to be asking my guests to gaze into the crystal ball. Nigel and Martin and Steve, polish it off and take a look. I want you to predict when we come back from our last break, predict who the successful CIOs will be in 2017. Give me names or give me places or companies or just give them a fake name and who will they be? What will their education, their DNA, their perspective, their energy level, their skills, their passions? We'll be doing our predictions when we come back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. 
the business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And we're back. Okay, I'm going to read six quickly, six principles that Steve Romero says will serve every CIO. Then we're going to go to Crystal Ball. CIO, number one, should deliver on the bread and butter IT services. I think we established that. Number two, advocate, promote, enable, and foster Sound IT governance. We're talking about business governance as well, if you were listening closely. Number three, understand the business key points. Number four, fight for the right to participate. We're talking at the table, at events, with customers, talk, be heard, listen, speak, spread the good word. Number five, understand the art and science of innovation. There's one of those I words. The I's have it in CIO. And embrace the so-called threats to IT, and I know they're out there. They abound. So let's kick this coffee break crystal ball segment off with Steve Romero. Steve, what do you see in 2017? Who will the ideal, the CIO we've been, we've been alluding to during the show, what will they be like? Right. So uh, you started it off. I mean, I think they need to, they need to be able to achieve each of those principles. Um, and it's, it's a wide set. So let's talk a little bit about the attributes. You know, I talked about them having a strong personality, um, the values I want them to have. So the values, I'll go over those very briefly. I want them to put customers first, and I think we've stressed that well enough. They have to be incredibly collaborative. Uh, they have to be able to speak with any faction of the business, with customers, with suppliers. Their collaboration skills literally have to be off the chart. Adaptability, and that's not something new. Yes, we've talked about these trends that are going on, but th- things are going to constantly change, and CIOs have to be incredibly adaptive. Accountability. You know, it's it's easy to blame the business. It's easy to blame our customers. You know, I'm an IT person. It's easy to find the fault for why our, our solutions aren't aren't working and why things aren't going well. But we have to take accountability to ensure that they do. 
and then striving for excellence. And I think that's something we, we, that we can find in every CIO already, but it, 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 it bears repeating. Okay. Thank you very much. And let's move to Nigel Fennick. What do you see? What's your crystal ball prediction, Nigel? Well, I, you know, I, I agree with Steve, um, and I, I, but I'm going I'm to push it a bit further. It's, it's, it's about where the CIO role is going to evolve and, and what, you know, what potentially CIOs are going to be doing in five years. We need to think about some of the other roles that are across enterprise that, that are getting a lot of attention um, and, and, and vying for that precious seat at the table. The CEO only has so many, so many seats at the table. There's only so much that, that they can actually mm-hmm. manage, right? So you can't have everybody at the table. And I hear business architects saying we want to have a chief business architect. We've got a chief customer experience officer. We've got a chief marketing officer. We've got a chief information officer or business technology officer, whatever it is. So is there what I've been really chewing on and thinking about as you think about this, where they're going to be in five years is, is there going to be a role that the CIOs and others, others at, the, at that level, maybe step into, which is more about pulling together all of these cross-enterprise kind of roles, like customer experience, uh, like strategy, like business process, IT, um, even potentially marketing, into a single role that is responsible. And you said it earlier, Bonnie, maybe without realizing it, but you said chief business officer. You know, maybe it's something like that. That is, mm-hmm. that is a role that reports to the CEO where they've got somebody who understands all these different components and how integral they are. You can't do customer experience without technology. You can't do marketing without technology. And you can't do technology without understanding customer experience and marketing these days. So do you need to have somebody in that role who has that breadth of understanding? And then you have to ask, well, is it the CIO that's going to get into that role? Well, maybe. Maybe 20% of CIOs today could step up to that role. Maybe it's less. And maybe 20% of CMOs could step into that role. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's more. Maybe you have a percentage of CXP professionals, chief, chief customer experience officers that could step into that role. So I think there's, there's a role evolving that people will be able to step into. And that's really what I'm interested in is what's the next step for today's CIOs. And, Nigel, I'm going to add a little name dropping here very briefly because we have time, plenty of time for Martin to give his predictions. You say Delt Adriana Karabutis is an example of a CIO who is already challenging the status quo. She significantly reduced the size of Dell's IT team. She placed greater emphasis on business technology architecture and delivering technology capabilities through partners. So quickly, why did you pick her as your example? Because well, well, one because I, she's the person I heard talk about this most recently at the conference, and, and and it just resonated very clearly with me that she gets it right. She understands that the role of the CIO is all about business and about enabling the business. It's not about how can we develop software cost you know cost effectively and at low cost. It's it's about what can we bring technology capabilities to the business to drive business outcomes, and this is the way she talks. And so you can hear from the from listening to her speak that she firmly understands the role of the CIO is a business leader. It's a leadership role. It's not about do I know technology. It's can I lead people to make effective change for the business. Thank you very much. And let's turn to Martin Heisig from SAP. What are your predictions for the CIO in the next five years? Who do you see in that chair? Martin? Yeah, it's, um, I don't have any any, any specific person in, in mind, but uh, again, what what, what um, Steve and Nigel told before, I think the the CIO of the future is certainly an innovative leader. So he is 
focusing on innovation as well as on execution because, again, cost will still be a very important topic in the IT arena. I think um, it is uh, what we will see is technologies becomes more and more. Um, uh, this is what we what we call consumerization of IT. It becomes more easy for the end users. But I can tell you, uh, looking behind the scenes, it's it's super complicated and becomes even more complicated with all these new technologies coming up with cloud, uh, big data, and in memory technology and so on. So we have to have also this uh, this technology expertise in order to really uh, make come up to a meaningful architecture here. Nevertheless. I think the CIO of the future needs to be a trusted advisor in all business functions. He needs to understand how the business is working, how everything fits together. And I believe what's also super important is the CIO of the future needs to be super visible, internal within the mm. company, but also external. So he, he needs to be, we will see him on, on social media, in, in public media, and uh, customer sites internally. So he will definitely somebody who is super visible. And I also believe he will be part of the executive team, so, so he definitely plays a very important role in the company moving forward. Again, and since he is an enabler, he, he can also help to, to make strategic decisions um, depending on where the company wants to go. Thank you, Martin. I'm going to ask a bonus question, and I can give you each 15 seconds, so really, really tight. <laughs> Steve and then Nigel and then Martin. What size company are we talking about? Is CIO only applying to humongous enterprise? Does it apply to SME small to mid-size or to startups that really want to hit the ground running and do it right? Steve, what size company? Yes, all of those. <laughs> okay. But I believe good. they apply everywhere. Um, <laughs> yep. Thank I'll you. I have to move, I have to, move to, I have to, move to Nigel. Nigel, what size company? Yeah, I, I think you're talking, certainly obviously the larger and mid-sized companies are a very important role. And startups, I think for most startups, the CEO or, or somebody you know, in the startup team is going to take on the role of CIO, but they probably won't have the title. Okay, yeah. thank you. Good, good, good point. Very good point. A little bit of a chameleon or on the way to that title, aspiring to CIO. And Martin, what do you think? What size company should, should aspire to this kind of CIO we've been discussing? Yeah, I think all sides of companies. So I believe that it's a difference in between how the, about the complexity and difficulty to establish this role in a company. So I think for enterprise, it's much more difficult to really uh, position the CIO right in a smaller company, certainly, or even startup. This is uh, naturally that, that you have a really good overview of how the company is ticking. Therefore, the, 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 way is, the ways are small, shorter, but I think all companies. Thank you, Martin. It's time for me to do a couple of shout-outs. To my listeners, reminder, if the mere thought of harnessing your big data is painful, ouch, click the banner on our show page for a complimentary, that's called free ebook that tells you how to start eliminating the pain. And you'll see a whole bunch of other freebies on us as well. Next week, November 7th, selling art or science, negotiation or persuasion. We'll take a page out of the 21st Century Sales Warrior Playbook with my very special guests, including SAP former North America COO, Ross Wainwright, and other leaders as well. November 14th, brand new topic for us, electric cars and e-mobility. Vroom! We're going to tackle that one head on. Again, you want to get a free coffee mug, the official Game Changers mug. Coffee tastes better. Everything does, we're told. SAPGameChangersRadio.com. Go and join the conversation with us on LinkedIn on the SAP Radio Group. I'd love to see you there. Thank you to Patricia Harris, Malcolm Kimberlin, Anka Rebel, and the Business Channel team, especially Brad, for putting up with my iPhone today. And here's my parting message. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Thank you to Steve Romero, Nigel Fennick, and Martin Heisig. You are all my special game changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll see you right here next week on the Business Channel on Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. 
The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.